0: This is The Huddle. You've got a former college athlete, a professional athlete, trainer, and a sports nerd who says some words. Spend their Friday afternoon talking all things sports. Welcome to the show. All right. Welcome back to The Huddle. I am your host, Spencer Huddleston. Boys, I'm playing hurt today. (laughs) What's we had a, is this day to
1: day? Is this, this uh, you on the ten day? We're.
0: I think we're day to day. We had a uh, impromptu date night last night, and uh, got you know got a little cocktail with dinner, and it, they just they hit you different as you get older, you know. It's overcast today. The new Avet Brother out. Al- Brothers album is out. I just I want to get under a blanket and snuggle for a bit.
1: That's
2: the that's the deal. How are the kids this morning? Are they waking you up early? I, yeah, they're always ready to go. It they're never, never fails. on high Yeah. Never fails.
0: <laughs> hey, with me as always, we've got Brad Weems. Uh, Brad, I saw on the Better Every Day podcast. You had a great interview. We'll talk about it later in the show. But I got to ask you today: Are you a free agent? Like, what's up with this? Are we going to lose you? No, no. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm a mainstay here at the show, so you're good diversified
1: little, side
2: piece. there we go <laughs> <laughs> you're doing good
0: things we'll, we'll plug that show here in a little bit uh with us too as always is greg hoffman greg i gotta tell you we come in every week i see you with this awesome louisville swag every week I get a lot of hell at my house for holding on to my old gear from when I played high school ball. Are you catching hell for all the Louisville gear at your house, or is that a a pride thing? I think, if anything, I catch
1: hell for my wife and kids. Right how bad this stuff is going on 20-plus years old, some of it like old habits die hard. Now. So you
0: kept those, like, workout undershirts? Oh, you got absolutely. all those still? I got
1: them all. The grays, man, absolutely.
2: <laughs> no, so,
0: there's
1: a whole bag in the
2: basement. No matter what you do, you can't get you that know, smell out. Don't know, matter you know. how many times you wash it.
1: No. I mean, I've, I've looked at it bleaching i've looked at you know the vinegar solutions and yeah it's just just old plain old 25 year old funk
0: and mine aren't fitting as uh, as tight and they're they're tighter in the arm in the stomach and looser in the arms unfortunately these days so they're, they're going to get thrown out in the middle of the night i think over my house guys we got an awesome show today Um, we are typically a lighthearted podcast. We enjoy joking and playing around. Uh, the the sports world is on its head this week, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, the protests in response to the shooting, uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to talk the NCAA, some of the decisions that they've made. Uh, we're going to talk about Brad's interview with Tyler Minton, the UFC nutritionist. We're going to do a real fun draft with our producer Layton. Uh, and then we're going to do our standard yeoman award our peak performer award and we're going to close out with some uh some deep thoughts after we'd retired it last week so let's hop in from the jump thank you all for joining us on facebook feel free to jump in and comment as always uh so guys let's talk nba uh there's so many things here to talk through greg where would you start with uh reacting to what happened over the last two days with the nba stoppage
1: It is the NBA. I think it's all you know. While baseball and hockey is going on, the NBA seems to be um, there at the forefront of of this. Um, I think from top to bottom, it seems like the NBA is the most consolidated um, on on the issue and wanting to uh, to create a movement and create change. I mean, you look at everything from uh, you know not only the league and the commissioners and the owners and. Uh, the, certainly the players, uh, their Jersey, uh, the messaging on their jerseys, they're allowing, you know, uh, messaging on the court, um, all that sort of thing. I think, uh, all those things combined allow them to be able to, uh, to more cohesively, it seems than the other, the other sports organization would be able to, uh, again, cohesively make that point.
2: Is it the star power? Do you think they're driven by that star power to make those? A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like the NBA is one of the, the leagues where the players and ownership have a one of the better relationships when you look at all the major sports. So I think that's why you you see the NBA trying to set the standard almost.
0: Well, and you can see that, you know, for those who may not have have seen it over the last two days, the NBA really started with the stoppage of play in protest initially. But in the last 24 hours, they were followed by... The WNBA, Major League Baseball, MLS, hockey, you know, it just to me, I I wonder what it is that is specific to the NBA that's given them that, you know, forward thinking mentality or, you know, I wouldn't even call it a trend setting. It's almost like they're they have an awareness or, like you said, a reciprocity between league management and teams that doesn't exist in other leagues.
1: Yeah, I, it's I, again, it's 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 the timing of everything that seems they're, they're the sport that is uh, most at the forefront right now. But um, you know, I, you also can't help but see the uh, you know the percentage of of race that's made up in that. So you know, collectively again yeah major league baseball has a low percentage of african-american players and you know they're doing they're doing uh, what they can as a league but the nba is is the polar opposite of that so i think again collectively between the players uh league uh commissioners and and management you know to the the team uh the team president so on and so forth uh, again just collectively i think they're able to Rally the troops. Um, you've you were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks decision happening mm-hmm. very quickly within you know thirty minutes um, of getting together, making that decision to postpone their game. So again, that shows that shows how aligned everyone is
2: in being able to make a decision of that magnitude. I think it's the star power of the league. You've got LeBron and uh, some of the other players that you know. Uh, LeBron's like that Michael Jordan esque top uh, star, you know. It, it, no matter whether you follow the sport or not, you know the name. Yeah, and there's not a lot of sports you see that. So um, I think him just you know being at the the forefront and being an, an athlete that speaks out uh, when it comes to such issues is why we're seeing this from the NBA.
0: Well, even in that setting, from everything that you read, and Brad, I agree with you absolutely. I think you. I think it is that star power that's really driven you know their their decision making in in quick fashion. But it sounds like they've even had, you know, the, the bubble is a unique place to have this type of you know dispute or discussion to because these players were all physically together in the bubble and deciding, you know, they had a players meeting among all the teams where they decided what to do, which just seems so strange to me to think about these national leagues that are to your point, having these massive stars come together and make these decisions. And, and, and I think they're benefiting from having such a strong, you know, top echelon of of LeBron, of Kawhi.
1: And you just said it right there. It's the bubble, that bubble environment that's unique to them. And they are they are all together again, collectively together and having league-wide team meetings. It's not, it's not, you know. Two teams that are playing in New York and two teams that are playing in Philadelphia and two teams that are playing on the West Coast trying to do this via a Zoom meeting or wherever else. They're cl- physically all together in Orlando in the bubble, um, again, which is leading to more of this immediacy that you're seeing.
0: What does that look like in that like locker room <clears throat> setting? Like As a former athlete, how do you see – those meetings unfolding? Like, does it rely on key leadership or how does that play out? Without
1: a doubt. I mean, there's, there's natural leadership, you know, on any, any business on any sports team. Um, you've got those leaders that, that are recognized. Um, you know, some with something, you know, with a captaincy, uh, you know, on their, on their chest. Uh, but you've got that that group, and the, the coaches see that and know that. I mean, there's many times there's the the players councils made up of you know uh, upper class leaders that uh, that might meet more regularly with a coach. But uh, it's certainly uh, something that is together. I, I look back in, um, in the Schnellenberger days, and it was his it was his policy, and this is back before there were a lot of bowl games. Mm-hmm. His policy was to hold your bowl ring until you graduated. And so, you know, it's not like we were going, there weren't bowls every year. We, this was going, we beat Michigan state in the Liberty bowl and the following spring, there was a movement started by, uh, by some of the players, no ring, no spring. (laughs) They were wanting their bowl ring. And uh, I mean, that was the closest that I remember of, uh, you know, kind of a player rally of trying to, you know, we they sat out um, a spring practice and what's the um, just
0: sentimental value of the ring or what? I mean, why was that just, a cause? It was just,
1: for it, it was just, you know, the immediacy of wanting to, you know, wanting to have that tangible, you know, be able to be able to rock your ring around campus. I man. get, I, mean, I get that. You know, I mean, I've a, never owned one. No but ring, I, no spring. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I look back at that and how those how those um, decisions and how, you know, how the energy uh, collectively uh, happens within a team uh, for a movement such as that. But it's it's really it is player led. Um, but um, but, you know, the coaches, the coaches have the and You know, when I talk about my stuff is 25 years ago and it just a lot of times it seems like the dark ages and from where we are right now. Well, there's on, on a, a lot there's of these issues of a give yeah. and take between players and coaches and there's
0: persistent elements to it. And I think what, you know, what we're seeing now is obviously that that strong leadership is, is paramount, you know, to making these things peaceful, making them successful, making them outcome and goal oriented. You know, I think one of the things that, that I look at too, is that you're looking at a business making a, a decision about the future of their business. And I think, you know, as we, see these videos now where people are getting pulled off planes and we expect our, you know, our industry, we expect our corporations to have a conscience these days. Like we, we can't, you know, I I think about Nestle is a good example. Like Nestle is always killed in public perception because of all of their business practices. And I, you know, I think what we're seeing is this ongoing evolution of a, a customer perception of a business with a conscience. And I I think Brad, you're uniquely positioned as an employer, as a business owner to, you know, to give some of that perspective, because I think, you know, from your view, would you say that, you know, a, an organization or a brand has an obligation to support their customers, their membership in a, in a social way? Uh,
2: there is Uh you, if, you, if you're not saying anything, um, you're, you're not being a leader and, and, as a business owner, you've got to make a stance. And, you know, when it comes to running Thunder Valley, uh, I look at it like this. We've got many individuals, uh, many personalities. So moral compass is, you know, a big one for me. I've always got to do what I feel is right. Safety is always a play. I've got to think how to make the experience of being within the facility, the best for everyone. And, um, Those are kind of the things that I value when it comes to running a fair and, you know, legitimate business. So it's nowhere near the magnitude of an MBA or it doesn't impact as many people. But, you know, in a small scale, that's kind of, you know,
1: I think, you know, it from from your employees, it's it's also being a leader. It's it's. The right to be heard. And if your employees at least feel they have the right to be heard, I think that goes a long way. And I think that's at the core of this. That's what these athletes are. You know, their their desires are to be heard. And, and you're no you know, longer seeing that, that doesn't matter if it's in the sports world or the business.
0: World. Right. And you're not seeing the ownership, the the leadership of these organizations, you know, stand back and not take a stance anymore, which I find fascinating. I, I saw. There was one that we talked about before the show where the Baltimore Ravens actually published a very clear, very outlined list of objectives for this protest. And and that came on company letterhead. It was very specific about the credentialing of like a national standard of credentialing of police officers. There were things. Education
1: that, reform. There were a lot of things in that.
0: Right. That are very tangible. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that. I, I think as this dialogue continues, I, I really appreciate that because the flip side of this argument always seems to be, what does this accomplish? Right. And I think if, if there are ways to approach the dialogue with tangible goals in mind, it it seems to move the discussion forward more effectively.
1: I would agree with that. And, you know, you, you talked about the Ravens and the NFL, you just look at the dynamic shift that they have made in the last three or four years. When you go back to, to Kaepernick and the response uh, that, that, You know, at the time they were they were uh, the NFL and Roger Goodell and every the the owners collectively tried as as quickly and as as harshly to squash that as they could. Mm -hmm. And here, three, four years, you know, forward, um, you know, they're they're more in line with, uh, you know, with the NBA and, you know, with the on the cusp of the NFL season. I'll be curious to see how this plays out, Um, you know, um, I think. Again, you're going to see more of the more of the things like the Baltimore Ravens uh, players using using the platform uh, to do that. Here's the here's the thing at the end of the day, and um, again, we talk about follow the money. And you know, you see you see some of the ratings um, from the NBA. Um, you know, when you look at that, how that plays out, the the fallout from COVID, from mm-hmm. not having fans or reduction in fans to Um, you know, reduction in advertising and sponsorships of just, if the players are able to maintain that same platform, if it starts affecting their salaries. Right. So, you know, right now, I don't, they're not seeing that impact, um, as of yet. So interesting to see how that plays out from a, from an NBA, from a, you know, from an NFL standpoint, when you really, you know, you look two, three years down the road, um, Creating that change and giving them that platform versus, you know, versus, you know, playing more of a safe role um, to guard their their salary.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a super fascinating discussion. I, obviously, the circumstances are never what you would want to have, a you know, a, a conversation like this within. But you can see the immediate return on those things. And, and Greg, I agree with you about the business implications, but I think there's also a social contract obligation be- between members of our society. And I, I appreciate the fact that the Milwaukee bucks is another great example. They had a meeting with the district attorney within hours mm-hmm. of canceling. And and yes, they get that fast pass because of who they are as athletes, but that doesn't negate from the the outcome here, and I I like that. I like yeah, that. That's I, the approach.
1: And I, you know, another example from you know maybe a month or two ago was uh, the the um, players at Old Miss and Mississippi State rallying to get the uh, the state flag changed. Yep. I mean, that's again, that's immediate action that players that have a platform and have a voice are able to to create meaningful change.
0: I, I think it's yeah. something that we're going to continue to pay attention to on this show. Uh, obviously the, the, the sports are coming back. At least the NBA is slated to come back later this week. Uh, I think other sports are going to follow suit. It, it will just be an interesting thing to continue to watch. Uh, so up next on the jump, uh, more business in sports. Uh, I, I think this is me just being a mad Tennessee fan. So Brad, talk me out of that. But Will Wade, the LSU basketball coach, news came out that he made improper payments, likely through a bag man, to players at LSU, there's been no action so far. What what's going on with the NCAA with this stuff? Well,
2: there's no consistency. Bur, you know, Bruce Pearl has a cookout, and Patino gets you know. I
1: yeah, I've got I've got a, I've got a dog in this fight with uh, with my, my now. Wait a minute, the my Bruce little Pearl
2: cookout <laughs> was legit. But we'll wait. I mean, ew, why are we not punishing this guy? He's not uh, you know an established I, I, great coach. I think at the end of the day,
1: it, it's. So many schools, if if not most or all, the schools are doing are doing something uh, along these lines. I mean, you look at how you know that AAU basketball model is in in agents mm-hmm. and, and how in, insidious that that whole world is as these you know kids are seventh eighth grade uh, in the recruiting process. So, you know, I think it's so it's so deep and so rampant that it's hard to take. I mean, they have they have smoking gun evidence recorded conversations, And to Brad, your and point, it's like
0: they don't care or from, they just pick and choose who from, they're going to punish
1: from Kansas to, you know, uh, Arizona. I mean, there's, there's a list, you know, all the, the North Carolina stuff and, and all the, the things around the grades and the, the, the classroom attendance. And it's uh, there is no consistency. You got you got Louisville. Um, who had to forfeit a, the 2013 national championship uh, because of uh, this? The, the whole uh, prostitute scandal. Didn't Patino get a tattoo of that uh, team too? He did. <laughs> Lives forever. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was it was it was all on on very. Uh, Superficial evidence and handwritten logs of transactions that was done, and a, a, a you know it was a book deal that was that was done to you know by a rival school to make that you know look as um, uh, just is messy as it could be are there any college coaches
0: that would would surprise you if they were involved in this type of scandal like is anybody beyond reproach at this point i mean i think you, you, you think, think so well, you yeah. think
1: coach k but you've got you've got the zion stuff with exactly. i mean there's there, you know there's again, so with
0: Zion, there were implications that he actually was paid substantially by the program, right? Maybe not by I mean, it has to come at least through Coach K, right? Yeah,
1: I think you know the, the public persona and perception of him is so squeaky clean and stand up, but at the same token, um I'm not and,
0: trusting an eighty-year-old with jet black hair. I'm just yeah. telling you that. I mean <laughs> that's my that's my beef right there. <laughs> Guys, we I know we talked about the alternative solutions to the NCAA. I I think we're all collectively fed up with them for different reasons. You know, is there a single? You know, we talked about having faith or you know a belief in the legitimacy and the oversight of the college football playoff committee. Do you think, Greg, maybe that's the type of oversight that we need to have some type of? Fairness? I think
1: for consistency's sake, yes. Um, I mean, if 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 it were to to truly you You talk about issues of, of fairness and and consistency, and that's the that's the only way that I see it because as a NCA as a governing body, it's it's broken and I think beyond repair.
0: Well, I'm gonna start uh, putting in my application for a whistleblower for that organization, and I'm gonna come after uh, Joey Freshwater, Lane Kiffin first, <laughs> and foremost Saban. Awesome. i, I got to list of targets. He's
1: walking the straight and narrow now. That's, that's it, old
0: miss. yeah. So Brad, you had an a awesome day here yesterday, you interviewed a, a really cool uh, a personality in the Tri-Cities, someone who's done really great things nationally. You want to talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, so I got to hang out down here at Market Street Media with Tyler Minton yesterday, and I've heard him on several podcasts, and it's, all, it's a lot of uh, information, questions a lot of times about nutrition, but being a UFC fan, I really wanted to take the time and uh, ask him what a training camp looks like. Uh, and it was just really cool stuff. If you guys haven't listened to it, I mean, he's going as thorough as like on media days, calling specific restaurants and making sure these guys are getting exactly what they need to follow their cuts and, you know, plan for success.
0: And that's the better everyday podcast that you're promoting. There you go. Okay, cool. There you go. Uh so that's I mean to me that's fascinating too. I, Greg, I know we talked about your days at Louisville. Did y'all have a program that was similar to that some type of like training camp, game day nutrition program that was developed back then?
1: Um I, it's certainly not scientific at all. I mean, this is again, you talk about 25 years ago doesn't seem that long in my mind, but you know, you tell stories it sounds like you're wearing leather helmets. But, yeah. Um, I mean, we had training table. You know, we had we had the meals catered in, so it was, you know, and, and again, my and my role as a lineman was to be as big and you know it, as big and you know powerful as you possibly can. So it was all about quantity, and I mean, it was a job to to eat and get the calories and, and keep your, your weight up. Um, I, and I constantly had to eat to be able to, you know, stay 300 pounds. So, what was that um, caloric intake a day? Like? Oh, it was, you know, you'd wake up, you know, training table, you'd, you'd go to the student center and we had, you know, a meal plan to, to go get, you know, whatever. We had fast food and uh, other options there, you know, then, you know, after another class, maybe a, a you know, lunch training table, dinner training table, um, and really on the, the, the weight room side of things. I mean, this was the early days of, of creatine. Uh, you know, that was kind of a big thing there in the mid to late nineties. And then, you know, all the, the heavyweight mass shakes, I mean, it was protein shake, protein shake, protein shake. And then we would have them, you know, before, you know, twice a day you know if you're on a, a weight gain kind of plan twice a day and then you know most most nights i'd finish that off with a large papa john's meat
0: <laughs> so, so your uh, eating schedule is the, like my 18-month-old yes, daughter yes. Is my the scientific <laughs> uh, the
1: scientific model uh was not was not strong back then it was all about quantity and you know certainly we had a we had more than enough food to to eat but i go back now to to a school like louisville and just the change in facilities, mm-hmm. that the money that has been brought in, um, you know, the the arms race and recruiting, the locker rooms, the weight rooms, the players' lounges, the stadiums. Everything is just magnified by 100. Um, and I go back now and it is, I mean, it is scientific. It is. Yep. This player weighs 275, and we want to either maintain or increase his weight. He needs to eat this amount of calories, this amount of lean proteins, and it is regimented. The supplements have come so far. Um, I mean, I I go back, and it's like almost a country club setting. (laughs) I mean, the the spas and the whirlpools and the the player recovery, I mean, it is amazing how well, just at a collegiate level, these players are taken care of. Um, So would
2: you have liked that structure?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Mostly the hot tub. Even if it, <laughs> even if it meant no Papa Johns at night.
1: Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. But again, I was in a different role. I was. I mean, you know, I was. When you're when you're in that offensive lineman mindset,
2: you know, I you just it was it was eat
1: eat. Oh, you, yeah. you were like a you were like a great white shark. Yeah. I mean, the feeding, feeding season, season never diet, stopped. Yeah.
2: My best guess is that would be around six to seven thousand calories with your expenditure on uh, a daily I, basis. I
1: would say without question. I mean, there were times when you're when you weigh that much, and it's again, go back to the Schnellenberger days. I mean. He was the old school, no water during practice. Yeah. So, I mean, there were t- we would weigh in and weigh out. There were times I was losing 15, 16 pounds a practice. Well, So that was go a fascinating back, thing. Go back and refuel, eat. I mean, and, and when, when you didn't even f- you remember heat exhaustion and yep. you just don't feel like eating and all you want to do mm-hmm. is drink. So you had to force yourself to eat and get some calories back in you after losing that amount of weight and then go back and do a second practice, you know, in the heat of the day. I
0: thought that was Wait. an interesting part of that interview. Too, where Tyler, at, at a, such a level of nutrition management, you are basically fighting evolutionary response, like the water management segment where he was talking mm. about how he does not fight against, you know, even when they're trying to cut weight, if they're drinking water, they're encouraged to do it today because that's a, you know, that, that actually releases hormones in your body that won't let you you know, lose water weight. I thought it was crazy.
2: Yeah. And when you think of weight cuts, you think of, you know, uh, sitting in the sauna, you think of, you know, wearing this running with the the trash bag on. Yeah. And what was so fascinating about what he was saying yesterday was the fact that he basically is getting these guys to their weight a week before and they, he increases their calories and you know, it's basically just living normal week of life. Wow. the, The week of the fun. So,
0: well, and he's talking about traveling to ireland and milan italy for these ufc fights and i'm i'm listening to that thing thinking that's a pretty sweet sports gig i gotta ask you guys what if you were in the world of sports like professional sports without a you know coach or player job what would be the one job that you would just come to work every day whistling in the sports world
1: I think I think being an NFL general manager. I mean, that's like the the real life fantasy football, you yeah. know, right there. I mean, it's the old Bill Parcells. If you're going to cook the dinner, you at least <laughs> let me shop for the groceries. So your exact so, your exact level. Is I what think you're I think there in the player development and the drafting uh, that goes along with that. I just think that that's that is in my wheelhouse and a calling that uh, <laughs> yeah, that I wish I would have tried to go down that path. Maybe twenty
2: something years yeah, ago that's a, that's a sweet gig what about you brad maybe like a, a player agent okay um y'all are but, going for these profile gigs <laughs> but then but then you know i had these as well like we're not worried about making a solid paycheck let's do something fun like i, I want to be the grounds crew at Fenway or wrigley that sounds maybe awesome. maybe even be a part of the one of the mascots at the presidential race the nationals game
1: See, I was thinking one does of like, the, does the movie the, uh, does the, the Rudy movie happen if it's not for the Notre Dame groundkeeper? I,
0: well, I'm thinking like equipment trainer. You know, I'm over here like I, I went lowest of the low, like entry level. You know, like I want to manage the, uh, you know, who's got the mouthpieces and the cleats and all that stuff laid out. Hey, I don't know. The the make your helmet now. The, the equipment your jokes managers
1: now. from from a especially on a football team, they are the hidden the hidden heroes there. I mean, That's so, it. To, to do the, everything from the laundry to the equipment and they are they are the unsung heroes no doubt
0: that's exactly it well speaking of unsung heroes we we've been trying to get our producer layton on the show for weeks now uh layton is a uh, a self-proclaimed not a sports fan but he, he's got some hidden talents here and we're gonna uh talk through a couple of draft options that we got this week with layton so layton welcome to the show are we doing
3: snake draft today
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's deviate from the snake draft let's just blow his preparation
0: my google up. is over there oh uh, no keep it, we'll keep it simple just go around the table how about that okay so we're gonna hit a draft okay so it's it, it's tee up season right it's time to kick off it's time to start you know the sports back up again um Started thinking about a cool draft that we could do and was thinking about the best hype songs. So I'm talking about your walk up song in baseball, something that your team runs out of the tunnel to in, in football. What's your like hype song? You're coming out of the shower for your big meeting at, you know on a Monday morning. So Greg, let's start with you top three what's your number three all three right now oh and i I forgot to add i got to add one piece to this draft this week so because of licensing issues here in the market street media studios we are not allowed to play these songs so i will commit to doing a spotify playlist that we will share that are all of our hype songs but I'm gonna have to ask each of you guys, in case people are not familiar, sing us a couple bars of your Ooh. hype song so that we
1: all know. <laughs> <No. it. laughs> well, I, I, in defense, two of my three are instrumentals. So, <laughs> all right, give it your best shot. Uh, let me do this. I will. I will give you the context. So, uh, imagine this is this is early '90s you're riding around Newburgh, Indiana in the in a 1984 Mazda B2000 Sundowner pickup truck and just blasting Faith No More oh, yeah. Woodpecker from Mars. That's probably my my number one I've never uh, even heard my it. number one hype song, so uh Faith No More uh it's an instrumental. Okay. A little hardcore, a little edge to it. Uh Faith No More, you know, kind of uh, set some set some boundaries there in the 90s, so just again, set that set that stage right there, on your as you're you're on your way to a high school football game. That's okay. A deep
3: track. All right. A deep
1: All right. All right. Going
2: deep. So numbers. no. Wait.
1: Let's hit Brad. You go around right. for your third.
2: I want to go uh, ball with the ball by Kid Rock. <laughs> nice. Nice.
0: Can you spell hmm. that for me, real quick? <laughs> yeah. So y'all aren't gonna sing these songs.
2: Oh no, no one wants to hear that. We're wanting to keep these people watching right now. <laughs> All
0: right. Bob What's a Bob by Kid Rock. Any story behind bang, that, bang, one? Bang, that? Diggy just, Diggy. There it is.
2: Is that just you know? Your I just moment? remember TRL, the music video. It 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 was something else.
3: Back in the day. Okay, we got some old school ones. Late, what do you got? Um You know, we dance to one song and one song only. And uh, that's My Humps by uh, Black Heavy. No, uh, let's go. um... Your Lovely Lady loves. Is that the one? (laughs) I had started. I put the M down. I started writing (laughs) it down. Let's go. um, uh, Man, there's so many ways you could go. How about Kickstart My Heart by Molly Crue? Okay.
0: Nice. Hey, y'all are way back in time. Okay. Just tells our age. Got any yeah. story behind that one?
3: Uh, actually, yeah. So uh, a buddy of mine, when I was fifteen, he was sixteen, already had his license, and we tried in a in like a two block stretch of this one straight street in a neighborhood in Tampa, Florida, to get his car from zero to a hundred <laughs> in a two block stretch. Was this and, a Street
1: Outlaws episode?
0: <laughs> um,
3: and we played "Kickstart My Heart." That is awesome. In his tape deck while we did that.
0: That's that's a huge one to nice, kick off. Nice. Well, How I've do got you follow so, that? The, you know, I'm gonna try, and I'm actually gonna sing a little bit of mine, just in case people may not be familiar with it. Um, Greg, as we've learned on this show, offensive linemen are onions. They they are a, you know, there's personality behind the the stoicism of an offensive lineman. My high school center, Jim Ledford. Would start off every game by singing the intro to Korn's Twist. Mm -hmm. If you've ever heard the song, it's just a bunch of garble. (laughs) (laughs) And it, every time it comes on, it does not matter if it's four o'clock in the morning, I'm on my way to work. It is a hype song for real. All right, Greg, hit me with your next one.
1: So again, let's paint the picture. So um you know, this was, if you really had the time, you could you could create the classic mixtape. But, you know, this this early to mid-90s, that was the day of the Sony Discman. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't <laughs> like, you know, you're going to pregame. You couldn't have like a stack of, you know, 10 CDs and your Discman and all that. So it you had to have a CD that you could pretty well play from start to finish. You know, it had, it had to just hit hard. And
3: things couldn't get too crazy because if
1: you shook the yeah, thing, it yeah, would skip. So I mean, like, it was, you had to rock out. Yes. Sort of mild. Yes. Most yeah. Definitely. So, Inside hype.
3: Um, you
1: know, Metallica for me uh, okay. was was big. So I'm going with, and uh, the actual track was Metallica, Don't Tread on Me. All oh, right. Yeah. From the Black Album. So that was a start to finish. Big uh, winner. CD right there.
0: Brad, this is steadily becoming a
2: solid Thunder Valley workout playlist. I, uh, I panicked there for a second because I thought Greg was taking mine. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is uh, Turn Down for What. <laughs> Little John.
3: I think any little John, like just play little John, any song and, and you got to get a walk up song.
0: And that one had a particular fame in this region of the country as the university of Tennessee made that their third down song what? and had third down for third what? Down and for I what? loved seeing blue haired old ladies in Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> just just getting after <laughs> the little John. Yeah. And that was one thing I was going to say. My number one and
2: two are actually, uh, they, they've been used at the university of Tennessee and it, uh, just the environment it created with the two songs um, Yeah It's, just
0: a, special, mental, it's a mental image for you, right? There you go. Nice Alright, Layton so Hit many, me with that 100 so many, miles an hour So
3: many choices uh, Pony by Genuine <laughs> Okay bom. Excuse bom. me That bom. was on a different bom. playlist of mine, but okay hey, My pony nah, I'm going to take that back That's not
1: real How about um, uh, You going to back that ass up? Yeah <laughs>
3: How about "All Eyes on Me"? Okay, Tupac. Yep, yep. Now we're That's getting good one.
1: Now we're getting in the
0: good.
3: Back to
1: college days. R.I.P. Tupac. I yeah. remember where I was when we heard the news. It was on a team bus. We'd just gone gone to support the Lady Cardinal volleyball team. Uh, before we went to the team hotel, just left the uh, the volleyball arena there on the bus. The news started spreading about uh, about tupac man so remember where i was back to college
0: well i'm staying with layton's theme with my second one i've got uh another hip-hop artist that left us too early biggie puff daddy busta rhymes victory that one the way that it starts off slow and gets going that one is always a favorite for me Hit me, Greg.
1: All right. Again, I, I would have no problem putting together, a. if we're in fantasy football world, <laughs> putting together a top 100 right now. It'd take me maybe five minutes to, to bang that list out. But, uh, again, as everybody said, so many here, so many things, so many memories, so many flashbacks. But uh, the one I'm going to settle on for number three, again, paints the picture of, of the mid-'90s, the popularity of the Jock Jam CD. <laughs> Whenever we took the field uh, at Louisville, uh, get ready for this off the Jock Jam CD. Okay. So I, 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 yeah. I hear that one and just simply the hair on the back of the neck stands up and I think about running out uh, from the locker room onto the field. Um, so a little, little sentimental pick for me there. That
0: Chicago Bulls music that was on that Jock yes. Jams one is yes. always a yeah. hype one for me too.
1: Serious, yes. Yep.
2: All right, my number one is uh, Inner Sandman okay gotta so, be mm-hmm. um i don't know if you guys remember this it was 2000 let me think about this one of the more popular tracks off the black album mm-hmm. i think it was nine or ten bruce pearl's first year this was the song they played before every game florida came to town with joe kim noah um who else was on that team al horford there we go and they had another big one that Played the NBA. Uh, yeah. What's his name? I don't know. I'm, but um, I'm in DJ mode, Brad. Anyway, they came in as number <laughs> we did, we did. one. We all got hopped up to that song. Beat them. It's a great game. That's one of the awesome. best games I've ever been to.
0: That's a big hype one at Virginia, Virginia Tech too. Yeah.
3: Have you been there when they do that? Everybody's I have. jumping in the stadium. Yeah. That is wild.
0: It's crazy. It is crazy. Layton, hit us with your last one.
3: Uh, okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of walk up music. I'm a big believer. These AirPods right here, like you can have walk up music. Anywhere you go, <laughs> like the banana stand at, at Ingalls, yeah. uh, wherever or Food City, um, and so, uh, yeah, walk-up music travels with you. Let's go. Um, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay, I mean, so that's, big that's, big that's a, GNR fan. That's yeah, a that's, safe bet. That, that's that's
1: just outside the top three.
0: So I got to paint a picture with my last one too. It is not a sports-related story, and it's a deep cut off of Jay Z's The Black oh. Album. But we had, there was a, in in my misspent youth, there was a uh, kind of a thrown together, you know, libation establishment that we used to go to quite frequently. And there was a bartender who always worked the night shift. He would come on like right around happy hour. And he would always put on the jukebox, the interlude. The allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove and it and I am telling you that song is my favorite hype song of all time. And he just would start cutting lemons and limes after he would, <laughs> You know, get behind the bar, but
1: you gotta, you gotta I mean, get ready. Man. It's like Layton's hype music, you know, going to the bank, going to food city. Back to back to athletes being spoiled nowadays. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, having this. Oh, at your fingertips and not having having to shuffle through or spend the time to make the mixtape or all that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I am a music junkie, and players nowadays um, have all the advantages.
0: Oh, yeah. Did we get them all? Do we have any left?
2: I think that's it. All right, sweet.
0: Layton, man, thanks for joining
3: us. Thank you.
0: We, uh, we'll put that playlist out on Spotify for the, for the three dudes that are, uh, really super into listening <laughs> to <laughs> I, I'm going to check out that faith no more. That's a new one for me. So guys, we're, we're hitting the tail end of the show here. Um, let's get to our awards and, and deep out. So Greg, you got a yeoman for us this week?
1: I do. Um, and again, man, this, this episode has caused so much reflection, um, and looking back to, to my athletic career at Louisville, and um, you know, looking at what the players and coaches and staffs are dealing with uh, right now, um, I, I'm just I'm going to do a blanket statement of, of uh, college coaches right now, college fo- especially on the college football front. So, navigating the COVID challenges and issues of, of the pandemic to um, to now all the uh, uh, the the uh, the movement uh, I look at the you know how that's affecting the players these 18 to 22 year old men um, away from home a lot. away of... from home from different backgrounds and and I again I look back to my my experience uh, at Louisville you know raised in a small town in southern Indiana uh, not a lot of diversity go to Louisville you start um, you start forming bonds with uh, with players from Florida, from Detroit, from Cleveland, from Chicago, and all collectively come together to really see different viewpoints from what your norm and from what your you know very sh- narrow viewpoint of the world is. But so I look at that and I just I, there was an example yesterday. You know, uh, uh, teams. Uh, Took different measures uh, to how they how they reacted um, to the movement. Um, University of Louisville had a had a a, a meeting. Uh, you know, really got all the issues out on the table from all viewpoints. Had a very uh, awesome, meaningful discussion. Went out on the field collectively, took a photo, um, and 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 used their social media platform last night to to uh, to do that. And it was cool to see that collectively from. You know, from the players to the coaches to the the ads to the uh, to the president, but to see that uh, and and again, just look at that in college coaches navigating all this, uh, keeping their teams together. Um, I just, I it's it's it's. Very admirable to see all the, the, the issues and conditions they're dealing with and, and still having a way to uh, to to keep everything together and move forward. Very cool. Except like I'm I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, Brad, hit me with your peak performer this week.
2: All right. Not much surprise here. Um, you know, we were doubting LeBron last week. He apparently listened. We got him all fired up. Yeah. 38 12 and 8 for game three, with a 36 and 10 uh, for game four. And the Lakers all of a sudden are up 3 1. So once again, reestablishing himself as. what I think to be the best player on earth.
1: Yeah, I think that's the, the once the once the light bulb went back on, once the the alarm clock went off, and uh, you know, it's I, I said it, I said it before, the, the what have you done for me lately, and and he certainly certainly answered the bell and and looks like looks like uh. Looks like he's got enough to get them to the finals. I, I am intrigued uh, as we go through the NBA playoffs and they get resumed. Still a couple of good games. That's oh, yeah. Still, uh, still have to, could go either way that uh, the Jazz uh, series and the Mav series, I think those those two are, are ones to you know, they're they're locked up and uh, either one of those series can go either way. We
0: still rooting for Luca on this podcast, I think, collectively. It's
1: what have you done for me lately? <laughs> you know, it's just so you know, just unbelievable. And then you know, just it's. Uh, um, I think that's the, that's what's that's what's kind of pulled me into these playoffs. It's you just you, when as soon as you think you figured it out, the next day is the polar opposite. The next game's the polar opposite, yep. and it makes you makes you have to reevaluate. So
2: I'd love to be sitting here next Friday, and uh, the maps have pulled it out somehow. Agree. You know? Yep, that'd be fun to watch. Well, for the deep
0: out section to end the show today, I've I've got some LeBron talk, too. So we we spent some time talking about my uh, misspent youth earlier. I had a very illustrious uh, extended undergraduate career uh, in school. Um, During that time, there was a really interesting lesson that came from a professor uh, that I have always taken with me. and, And that was that a man's life, that, that a person's life is really broken into three segments. So the, the first segment of your life is really survival and learning. So you are developing yourself, you are understanding who you are, how you integrate with the, with, with the greater world, and you're bettering yourself. You're creating those things that make you who you are. Your second stage in life is the development and support of those around you, your family, your kids, your community, those things that are important to you that are proximity growth, right? The third phase, and this is the one I found most interesting in the context of this discussion, was your legacy. And and you spend that part of your life passing things on, passing on your knowledge, you know, dictating who you will be later on in life, you know, it expanding your, you know, is it you're giving wealth to your future generations or you're trying to teach things to people or mentor people. And and as I look at the decisions that were made in the NBA this week, specifically LeBron James, I I think we're looking at someone who has a very interesting and holistic view on his own legacy. I, I think it would be so easy for us to say on face value, you know, LeBron's making this, you know, quick and easy decision to stop play. But if you think about it, they had a stranglehold really in their series. They were getting ready to close out that series, in my opinion. I I think that they were. And to keep that momentum going, you you know, you're talking about LeBron picking up a championship that would have been incredibly meaningful for him to go back and do that again and be in that same echelon with Michael Jordan as they're talking about. And so for him to make that decision – that his legacy is not just what's on the court, but his legacy will be seen for future generations as a a leader. And Brad, you said it in your discussion earlier about the NBA. A, a leader cannot sit back and just let these things happen. They have to lead from the front. And the fact that he did that, and the fact that he did that cognizant of what that means to his overall legacy, that meant a lot to me. And I, I want to take those things back to my own life and try and find ways that you can contextualize your own legacies and decision-making because ultimately for us at the table, for us in this community, they're all independent decisions. Like you don't make a decision for someone else's legacy. Those are your individual choices. And I, I really appreciate that he did that. I, I think for me, as we're looking at all these, you know, changes that are happening in the NBA and across sports I, I just hope that we can appreciate what that means from a, from a decision making
1: standpoint well said well said thanks
0: guys and and thanks for joining us on the on the show this afternoon'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week and thanks for having us on the huddle